Brother Greg Wilbanks, Coleman, Alabama, we love you. We'll let you come and preach to us today. Lift your voices with me. Let's love the Lord Jesus Christ in this place. God bless you, my brother. Somewhere in this great crowd is my best friend. She's also my girlfriend. Of course, she's my wife. And um, I know she's praying for me. She may be praying for you. I don't know. But um, a couple sons here, Brother Jeremy Wilbanks, because his, his wife was singing. Brother Zach Wells, wherever he's at. Um, you know, a lot of times you'd say, well, this is Brother Zach Wells, you know, Brother Greg Wilbanks' son in law. I'm getting used to, hey, this is Brother Greg Wilbanks, you know. Brother Zach Wells, father-in-law. It's the other way around, but I'll take it. I told him, I said, man, if I could preach like you, Zach, I'd do it for a living. I said, I can't preach that good. I'm going to stick to pastoring. Probably pays a little better, too, but hallelujah. Thanks be to God. But to all my other friends, if you're an enemy, I love you, too. But um, I'm excited about what God's given me for this day. Brother Erskine called about three weeks ago. There was no hesitation. I had no idea he was calling. No, no, you know, you are sometimes you think, well, I could preach this. Or what about, oh, here we go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you, and you get, and then you walk on the platform and then you got 15 other thoughts that go through your mind. Well, I, uh, yeah. There hasn't been any deviation before the words had cleared the receiver in my home on my phone immediately the Lord spoke and said this is what I would have you to do I don't know so much if I'll be preaching or doing preaching little girl looked at her mom one Sunday and said is the pastor going to preach today or is he going to tell the truth I hope I can do a little of both today Go with me to the book of Luke. I'm going to read one verse of scripture. I actually have five different texts. I want something to preach from. You know how that is. But I'm just going to read one and have you be seated. Then we'll read the other four as quickly as possible. I know I'm going to honor my time best I can. I think they gave me two and a half hours. Somewhere close to there. Yeah, yeah, somewhere close to there. I, I put the truth in there, it's somewhere close to there. So, uh, it's a mad dash for the back door. Luke 5 and 1, and it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. He entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Verse 4, notice, now when he had left speaking, his sermon was finished. He said unto Simon, I now want you to do something about what I preached. Launch out into the deep. And let down your nets for a draught. One definition is a haul. Everybody say a great haul. Would you just pat yourself on the chest and say a great haul awaits me. Simon answered and said, Master, we've toiled all night. We know how to fish. You stick to preaching, we'll stick to fishing. We have taken nothing. Nevertheless... At thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. Should have took the nets, huh? And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. Would you pray with me in the name of Jesus Christ? God, we are nothing without you, and we can do nothing without you. 
but we can do. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. I believe in your word. I believe in the anointing, and I believe in your spirit, and I believe it's flowing in this room. We didn't come to see or be seen, but God, we came to receive of you, for you to lead us into a higher realm, into a greater dimension of revival than ever before. And the church said amen. You may be seated, Luke chapter 8, verse 22. Now it came to pass on a certain day that Jesus went into a ship with his disciples and he said unto them, let us go over unto the other side. Would you say the other side? And they launched forth. Would you say they launched forth? But as they sailed, he fell asleep and there came a storm of wind in the lake and they were filled with water. They were full of trouble and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and woke him, Master, Master, we perish. And he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water and they ceased and there was a calm. And he said unto them, where is your faith? And they being afraid, wondered, saying, wonder what manner of man is this? Then in Matthew chapter 14, verse 25, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if there's really you out there, maybe he's trying to trick Jesus, then bid me come unto thee on the water. If you would please show me where all the rocks are so I can walk on those. Barely had it escaped his lips. Jesus said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Everybody say, I got to get to Jesus today. Ezekiel 47 sounds like it's out of the way, but we'll try to tie them all together in less than 30 minutes, at least less than an hour, at least less than two and a half hours. Afterward, Ezekiel writes and said, he brought me again under the door of his house and behold waters issued out from under the threshold of the house eastward for the forefront of the house stood toward the east and the waters came down from under the right side of the house at the south side of the altar. Then brought he me out of the way of the gate northward and led me about the way without into the utter gate by the way that looketh eastward and behold there ran out waters. Everybody say there ran out waters. There didn't run in waters, the waters are running out. Everybody say, the waters are running out. When the man that had the line in his hand went forth eastward, he measured a thousand degrees and he brought me through the waters and the waters were to the, everybody say, ankles. Then he measured another thousand and the waters were to the knees. Another thousand brought me and the waters were to the loins. Verse 5, and afterward he measured a thousand and it was a river that I could not pass over for the waters were risen, waters to swim in. Everybody say waters to swim in. Everybody say ankles, knees, loins, waters to swim in. God built you to swim. He didn't create you a puddle jumper. He didn't make you a mud puppy. John 21 is our last text. I don't normally read this many, but here it is. Then Jesus said unto them, Children, have you any meat after the resurrection? He's out of the grave now, and he said, You got any meat? They had gone fishing, gone back to what they knew, gone back to their comfort zone. And they said, No. And Jesus said to them, Cast thy net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. Everybody say, The right side. That's the side where you shall find what you're looking for from the Lord. Apparently, these men had been cast their net on the wrong side of the boat, expecting to get the results they were looking for. Right side or left side? Apparently, it was the wrong side by Jesus' new directive. Can you say amen? If you've heard this before, just endure it. Back in the 70s, there was a character by the name of Larry Walter. There came a day when Larry Walters, a truck driver, 
He grew tired of just sitting in his garage door watching the summer days drift by uneventful. He decided to try a new experience. He never tried this experiment before. But he went to his local army surplus store and bought some material to build some balloons, kind of like a weather-type balloon. He tied these balloons to a lawn chair. Tied these ropes that he'd bought to the chair, staked them in the ground, and filled the balloons with air. In his hand, he took a knife that he could cut the ropes once he was strapped into his chair. And he also took along a BB gun to burst the balloons. When he'd experienced his little flight of maybe a hundred feet over his neighborhood, you know, just to kind of go up and get a view from a different perspective. So cutting the ropes, Larry set sail on his little short neighborhood experience of a trip. But some very interesting things developed along the way that Larry was not prepared for. Number one, the trip lasted a lot longer than he had originally planned. And he traveled a lot farther than he thought he was going to travel. And he experienced several other problems. Problem number one, he experienced his BB gun would not burst the balloons. And he found it very difficult to breathe at 10,000 feet altitude. I'm sharing this with you for a point, but also to get you woke up a little bit this morning. Welcome to Sunday school on Wednesday morning. His balloon carried him into the flight pattern of a busy LAX airport. This a few years ago, but there was an airline pilot that came on the intercom into the tower. And he said, listen, I am not drunk. But I just passed a man in a lawn chair at 11,000 feet. Helicopters were summoned in and they forced the lawn chair traveler back to earth. The reporters, as is their want, shows up. And uh, one reporter asked him, why did you do such a thing as this? Larry's classic response, I want to begin this message and deposit it into your spirit. Larry said, there comes a time when you can no longer just sit there. As Brother Bass preached to us so capably last night, when we get to the end of this, I want there to be nothing left to do but die. I don't want any questions left. I don't want any wonders left. I want to put it all on the field. I want to lay it all on the line. I want to spend it all and be spent. I'm preaching to you today. It's time to launch out into the deep. Punch your neighbor and say, it's time for you to launch out into the deep. I don't have time to preach all this today, so I'm just going to preach and you fill in all the blanks and go home and sort it all out. I'm honored to stand in a pulpit where my father in the gospel has stood many times throughout his life. And I make reference to him many times as I'm not sure if God called me to preach or Brother Nathaniel Wilson called me to preach. If God called me, then that's his fault. Brother Wilson, call me. Well, then I'll let him and God sort all that out. Just doing the best I can, sir, to try to get along a little bit. And then here sits my mom in the gospel. Sister Mary Wilson, I love you dearly. And I'm honored to be in a place that maybe I should be sitting out there and somebody else standing up here. But here I am. And I'm going to give it my best shot. Can you shout amen? amen? Woo! Somebody clap your hands to Jesus right now. 
I feel a launching spirit in Summit 2016. I know it's the first morning. I know it was announced. I'm giving a Bible message. Well, I just gave you five Bible verses and I'm going to preach a message. So I guess that makes this a Bible message. I feel Holy Ghost in this room today. I feel faith in the room today. I sense vision in the room. I feel Holy Ghost anticipation. I feel revival expectation. Somebody has come with a dream and a desire to fulfill that dream. And I'm here to tell you, launch out into the deep. Launch out. There is a crucial three-part need within the church today for individuals as well as churches collectively as well as a movement such as the Worldwide Pentecostal Fellowship and other fellowships and organizations. Number one is for children of God to go deeper into spiritual realities of intimate relationship and fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. When you're born again, you have a relationship. He is your father. But what he's longing for is not just to be your father. He wants to talk with you. He wants to fellowship with you. He wants to spend time with you. And you can't do it in the earthly. You've got to be seated in heavenly places with him and talk with him in the deep realms if you're going to have an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. A second, the second part of the need that I sense and feel is for deeper revelation. I didn't say new revelation. There are no new revelations. There may be new illuminations, but they're old revelations. Everybody say before the foundation of the world. Greater vision. These men and women sitting here in the front row and other home missionaries represented in this room, thank you for your great vision. Don't let it die. Don't let it shrivel up and blow away. Get a deep intimate relationship with Jesus Christ and plead, if I can say it that way, beg if you have to, but get intimate with him and say, Lord, don't let my vision get dim. And the third part of that second part is that there would be some greater works. Everybody shout greater works that are beyond our capabilities. Jesus said the works that I do shall you do. The word shall is a commanding word. Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Every one of you for the remission of your sins. And you shall. Not a question, not an option, not a maybe, not really even a choice. You shall receive. He said you shall do the works that I do. And then he added this part. And greater works than these shall you do. But shout greater works. The third part is, is the need to see the works of the Lord and his wonders revealed among us. Paul said, covet earnestly the best gifts. Sounds to me like We are to be seeing and experiencing and desiring a work in the unexplainable giftedness of the Holy Ghost. That's what I'm after. That's what I'm after in this room. That's why I even bothered to accept this invitation and to come today. Not so I could preach. I scratched that a long time ago. My first sermon lasted all of three and a half minutes. I can guarantee you this much. This one lasts a little bit longer than that one. Forty-something years ago. These occurrences that we read about in our text show to us the great value of venturing out into deep waters. The first was if you launch out in the deep and let down your nets, you will have a great haul. The second, if you launch forth, 
you'll go to the other side. The third, if you'll launch out, you'll come to where Jesus is. The fourth, if you'll launch out, you will see and find Jesus' results. And the fifth is, when you launch out, there will be waters to swim in that are called the leading of the Spirit. Please forgive me if you need to. Otherwise, let's just go on. But I'm telling you something. We're having great demonstrations of song and preaching and praise and worship. Where we're at right now, I believe with all of my heart, is that we're at a place where the Holy Ghost now wants to demonstrate among us. Deeper waters, faith territory. The blessings of God are out in the waters where you can't just puddle around. You've got to swim. You're in over your head. It's out of your control. It's out, if I can say it this way, it's out of your jurisdiction. And everything you do depends on his voice. Uh, Brother Erskine referred to the time we're living in. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen next. uh, But I believe we are in perilous times. Uh, I believe we're in times uh, that that, that we can't figure out what to do next. Uh, We're going to need a voice. uh, And the only way I know to hear the voice uh, is to get out of myself and to leave myself behind and get to where the deep voice of God can speak to me. Oh, let's pray right now for it. Let's ask him right now for a demonstration of his spirit. Ask him for a demonstration of his power. Come on, ask him. God, I want a demonstration of your spirit this morning. Only when our feet are no longer touching bottom will we truly begin to trust in Jesus Christ completely. As long as I'm in control of my revival, as long as I'm in control of my situations, I'm not out in the deep far enough. I'm just presenting what I feel in my heart from the Lord. We don't travel out far enough into the unexplainable yet undeniable I had a grandfather they caught him one day preaching the gospel across north Mississippi southeast Arkansas he preached revivals all over he was a migrant farmer he called one man up in Indiana and said I've been coming up here picking fruit for you and preaching for you a little bit He said, but now the Lord has told me I'm coming. There's going to be over a hundred soul revival and I'll pick tomatoes on the side this time. They had over a hundred people receive the gift of the Holy Ghost in that revival. But one night they caught him and they poured strychnine down his throat for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. News came to the family, a wailing and a weeping set in. Two and a half hours later, he walks in the house and he said, what's all the ruckus about? And they said, you're dead, you're dead. He said, I'm not dead. A little poison can't hurt a man of God preaching the gospel. That's the demonstration we need. No, I don't have a bottle of poison for you to test today. No, I don't have any rattlesnakes for you to pick up and handle today. The only kind I handle is with a gun or with a hoe. But I need a demonstration of the Spirit. I need a demonstration of power. Folks, my salvation started with a miracle. And my salvation will end with the sound of a trumpet. Who am I to think I can last in the middle of this? Miracleless. Divine operation. Take it or leave it. Someone did a survey and they said... 90% of churches in America, if God was to vacate, they would go right on with the same operation. Folks, I pray to God that this fellowship I'm a part of, help me Jesus, that we don't get to the place that we know how to do this, that we know how to do that. Thank God for the knowledge we have. I was Wilson University at its inception. 
Apostolic Training Institute. I tell people I trained Brother Wilson. Now, he's a lot older than I am, just doesn't look it. And they just kind of chuckle, young punk. I say, well, here's how it is, buddy. Every scientist needs a guinea pig. I'm the pig, so you know who the scientist is. So far, I think it's worked. Well, ask him. Maybe he's not sure it works or not. Don't you want something this morning other than just sitting here and going through another summit? Oh, I can tell today. I don't believe God would have put on me and he hasn't let up. And it's not slackening just yet. But there's some people in this congregation, you're tired of the mundane. You're tired of the usual. You're tired of the normal. You've had enough of your comfort zones. You want something. And so I'm telling you today, if you will launch out of where you are. There's a lot of people... They just, they're just satisfied to be waiting around in the puddles. They're just happy. But they got cool feet. Just a fire escape. Don't expect much out of me, preach. Church, don't, don't look for much out of me. I believe we're to a point in our existence... People say, well, I've got 80% of my church involved. Well, good. I'm tired of people being involved. That's what neighbor Joe does with neighbor Sally. They get involved, but there's no commitment. We need some people of God that are committed to the holy. They're committed to the divine. They're committed to the supernatural. They're committed to their church. They're committed to the man of God. They're committed to soul winning. They're committed to singing in a choir. They're committed to praise singing. They're committed to teaching Sunday school. They're committed to passing out tracts. They're committed to tithe and offerings. They're committed to everything that's deep and holy from the almighty God. I'm not looking for a fire escape. We've got to launch out in the deep because the greater fish and the greatest blessings are out in the deep water. I believe the only assurance I have, I believe the only assurance I have is out in the deep water. I was raised common. I was raised normal. Everything was average. I come from a town where the United Auto Workers Union was built, about a quarter of a mile from the church that I attended. And, and I'm not picking on that city. I'm not picking on my family. I was, if you could work for it, you could have it. But then God gave me an extraordinary gift called the Holy Ghost. And He put me under an extraordinary ministry. And He put me in an extraordinary church. And it's not something you can work for. But if I can believe it, then I can have it. If I can see it then I can go after it ask and you shall receive seek and you shall find not but you gotta launch out of your American ease you gotta launch out when Peter walked on the water it was a miracle no one had ever tried before I don't know if anybody's tried it since that succeeded unless they knew where all the rocks were I keep slipping off the rocks drowning myself to walk on the water he had to get out of the boat he had to launch now brother Goder's probably going to come after him he's going to say stay in the boat stay in the boat But he's preaching a different message. (laughs) I'll probably be back changing my shirt, getting some dry clothes on when you're preaching that part. No, it'll be just as right as what I'm preaching. This message has to do with launching out. Everybody say, launch out. Shout, launch out. Shout, launch out. Launch out into the deep. We're not just launching out into goofyology or weirdism or crazy stuff. No, we're following the holy. We're following the Holy Ghost. Without the Holy Ghost, you don't need holiness. 
But if you're going to have the Holy Ghost, you got to have holiness. And when you drop the standards, then you don't, you quit preaching the necessity, necessity of the Holy Ghost. Because if you're not going to live holy, you don't need the Holy Ghost anymore. I need the Holy Ghost. I said, I need the Holy Ghost. But I need it more than just to give me a goosebump or a buckacre. Or to help me do the whirly bird. No, I need it for direction. I need it for intervention. I need it for interference. I need it for providence. You might can pastor without divine direction. I can't. I want something I've never heard of before. No, please, 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 please. Let's just stay in the Bible. Everybody say, stay in the Bible. Poke your name and say he's already given you five texts so we know he's in the Bible. I want something that's in that book. And believe me, there's some stuff in that book I haven't had yet. I tell people, well, I'm not sure if we're apostolic or not, but we got our compass set that way. Tonight when Brother Wilson preaches, he can explain the deep to you. It's too deep for me. I just know I'm going to go there. No, I'm not expecting to happen this morning. Sunday. I mean, it's Wednesday morning, you know, so it's not going to happen here today. Folks, I may be frightened, but I'm not scared. Because he told me it's mine. I said, he told me it's mine. And he told me the word of faith is nigh thee. And I like what he says. He put it in your mouth first. That way you'll speak it out before you have time to rationalize it and weigh it out and balance it. And say, well, I can or I can't. No, he puts it in your mouth. And when you speak it out. Wow. Let the sick say I am well. Let the poor say I am rich. Not just the word of God, but even psychologists tell you, when you start saying something to yourself enough, you'll get up from where you are and you'll begin to pursue what you're saying. Revival, 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 revere. Healings, signs, wonders, miracles of exponential proportion. I think the apostolic movement is at a point where that when we don't have miracles, we get astounded. The Lord healed somebody of cancer and we go crazy. And that's good, especially if you're the one who's got the cancer. We do this at home a lot. How many want to see a miracle? Boy, everybody put their hand up. And then I'll say something stupid like, who wants to be the next miracle? Oh, I'm with you, man. I don't want to be the next cancer miracle. I want to be the next diabetic miracle. Everybody shout, launch out into the deep. Everybody say, it's time to get out of the boat. Mama, she I haven't got to my setting yet. I'm still in my introduction. But I'm almost finished. I can tell. Oh, God, help me. You need to understand, and I say this respectfully, I don't care what your status in life is. I don't care if you're a preacher or a saint or an ain't. Broke, busted, or disgusted. There's a dilemma. I'm going to say there's a dilemma in staying in shallow waters. Only minnows swim in the shallow. You can't net fish in the shallows. 
He didn't call us to line fishing. You only need to do that when you need to pay taxes. You can throw in a line, you catch a fish, get a coin out of his mouth. How's that working for you? Ankle deep experiences. There's some dilemmas. You control your direction, not God. You control your speed, not God. You control your revival, not God. You control your results, not God. I was doing something novel one day. I was praying. Try it sometime. You'll like it. Once you get past all the complaining and murmuring to God, why not and how comes and hurry up, please. Oh, God. I want to see some results. I want to see some. And then I, I just kind of convicted myself because I come from the common ordinary, not from Brother Wilson's, but, but from the, my setting. And, and, and I was always taught, you know, if you work, you can have it. And so, I, you know, just got more, just, you know, just button down Willie and just calm and cool, take a chill pill and cool your jets and put it on simmer, buddy. And I'm saying, God, I want results. And I, oh, God, God, please forgive me. I don't want to be result oriented. It's like, it's like he slapped me in the face, not hard, not violent, but just like, why don't you want results? He said, if you don't want results, why are you asking me to heal then? If you don't want results, why are you asking me to deliver? Why are you looking for another miracle? Why are you looking for another million dollar offering? Why, why, why do you preach? Why are you having church tonight? From that point, some 15, 20 years ago, I've become result oriented I want to see another sinner repent I want to see another soul baptized in Jesus name come on we got to get off of the American way and we got to get into the divine way of seeking one shall plant one shall water and God shall give the increase I don't believe there's anything wrong with asking God for increase and just telling God I'm going to launch out shallow waters I've been there makes it so easy so easy to slide back into the familiar the one arm praises the one hand claps the one foot worships the canned sermon nothing wrong with canned sermons for the bass preached one last night he said said it was the second time preaching it I believe it's Brother J.T. Pugh made the statement that a man is not comfortable with the message he's preached at least 30 times. I think he got very comfortable with a lot of his. And they were just as good the 50th time as they were the first time. Brother Vaughn Morton told me one time, he said, Greg, he said, if it's not good enough to preach the first time or the second time, why don't you preach it the first time? Folks, I don't want to live in the familiar. Do y'all understand what I'm preaching today? If you understand what I'm preaching today, just fall asleep. I want to preach the rest of them. Folks, we got to have something we don't have a hold of just yet. There's some songwriting sitting on this platform. Please forgive me. Why are we mimicking everybody else? Uh, go ahead and write some yourself. Go ahead and pin some yourself. Get out of the deep waters. If you expect the men of God to get a deep sermon, then you get out where they get out to and you get a deep song. That we forget all about amazing grace and you write a hymn. Woo! Oh my. A lot of people just want to get in the water. I can just be saved. 
They don't have any desire to go any further. They lack the desire and the commitment to really pursue God and his agenda. Are you pursuing God's agenda today? They perish for lack of vision. They, they, they make statements like, if I can just be a pastor. If I can just be a preacher. And both of those are good things. If I can just be this. Or if I can just be that. If I can... Just miss hell. And believe me, I got my hand up first. I want to miss hell. I'll tell you a surefire way to miss hell. And I, I, I can guarantee you heaven. If you'll launch out into the deep and please God, you'll miss hell and heaven will take care of itself. But we're scratching and clawing trying to keep our heels out of the fires of hell and we're just trying to get just another little glimpse of the heavenly I tell you what you get the face of God working in your life and you get the spirit of God working and the only way I know to do that is get out of my mud puddles out of my comfort zone flee the mundane Get me some prayer sessions that last all night Get me some days of fasting that I come out of there like a drunken man Flee the carnal, the laissez-faire. We'll rest when we get to the other side. Maybe he may have us paving streets with gold. I don't know what he'll have us doing. It's going to be fun. When's the last time you spent all night with God alone, pastor? Oh, you thought I was going after the saints right there. I'm not going after anybody. I'm just telling you. When's the last time you spent all night in prayer for Sunday morning? All right. Well, I'm just kind of scrolling through here. Seeing what you might want and might not want. Yeah, okay. Deep calleth unto deep. Daniel said, He revealeth the deep and secret things. <clears throat> Listen to what Paul said to us in the New Testament. That's a little more believable. Let's get out of the Old Testament, get on the New Testament. We can believe that. But as it is written, Everybody just kind of touch one eye. Your good one, not your bad one. I got a bad one. I know what that means now. I'm touching my last good one. <coughs> eye is not seen. Everybody pull your ear. Ear is not heard. <coughs> Neither hath it entered the heart of man. Everybody say the things. Let's add a word. Not do a disservice. Say the deep things. We'll get to it in just a minute. Show you I'm not messing up the word of God. The things which God. Notice the next two words. Hath prepared. Everybody take one hand and say that's past tense. Say they're already prepared. He's not preparing them when you start praying. He didn't prepare them when I started preaching. He didn't prepare when this executive council formed the WPF. He didn't prepare. He has prepared them. Try this one out somewhere. I believe what we're experiencing, Brother Godair, is a divine intersection. We finally got to the intersection that God designed a long time ago. Here's just a little snippet. When the fullness of time was come, we finally got there. God sent forth his son made of a woman. Let me say it this way. When the fullness of time was come. Summit 2016 finally got here. That intersection will take care of itself. But now what I do with that divine intersection. When the day of Pentecost was fully come. Folks. Yes, 
I'm interested in results, but the thing I'm most interested in is launching out into the deep. You got to get drunk on the deep. You got to become intoxicated on the deep. We are not deep enough. I'm not talking about muddy or cloudy. I'm not talking about profound. Brother Tiller, he said, ye who were dead in trespasses and sin. We've got a cadet here somewhere. Here, I'll be one. I'll be a cadet. Hath he quickened? Which means he's made alive. Would you help me? Yes, sir. I can't carry you, okay? No, that's good. You're a little bit bigger than I am. But I'm carrying you, okay? Yes, sir. The Bible says, he has translated into the kingdom of his dear son. And the Bible says that he has caused us to be seated in heavenly places. When? Right now. Not when we get to heaven. Right now, it's not a coming. If you obeyed Acts 2.38 and you're living holy and righteous and you're doing your best to bear fruit, you are seated with Jesus in heavenly places. A Sunday night or a summit is not a heavenly place. Here I am, micromanaging. You taught me well. Y'all need some steps up here in the front. My last time preaching, so you don't need steps in front no more. Can I have another three seconds? All right, thank you. Here we are. Here's what we pray from. Because we're not deep. We're shallow. We're elementary. We've got to get out of it. So we pray from down here. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, please, I'm not making fun. And I'm not, I'm not. Help me, Jesus. (laughs) I know a priest that did that and counted his beads and God healed him of cancer. Oops. I know some more crazy ones I've heard of and been a part of. I thought, God, why didn't you let me touch them? Why don't we? Can I do this? I don't think I can do this. I'm too old to do this. I'll just have to crawl up there. Oh, man. My mom could see me now. Hi, mom. When he wants us praying from this position, back down onto these circumstances and these situations. I just told you, I'm result-oriented now. I, I got to have this. I, I, I can't survive without it. If you can survive in the mud puddles, glory be to Jesus. Let the hallelujahs roll. I can't. I keep getting mud in my eye. Here's mud in your eye. I don't want mud in my eye. I want to see clearly now. I, 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 want, the, I want the waters of the deep to wash across me and to bathe across me. Hey, I know I'm not Jesus Christ. Oh, no, don't you worry. I've been told that enough by myself, the devil, and some people. But he told me what I got, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to ordain you. And I'm not taking it back, Erskine. It's yours. You'll just have to deal with it if you don't do right with it. Thank you, sir. You're starting to enjoy that Jesus position. You better get up and go back over and humble yourself. All right. All right. Oh, that's what the problem is. Just making stuff up. Got off and just preaching instead of telling the truth. I got a dear friend, pastors in Romulus, Michigan. Some of you know the story. Some of you may have preached for him. Fabulous guy. But he went to Romulus about 15 so years ago. He came in the youth group in Southland Tabernacle about the time I left to 
start evangelizing. Well, I really wasn't an evangelist. I was a traveling preacher. Zach Wills an evangelist. I was just a traveling preacher. And I enjoyed it. Had a great time. And, uh, but Art and his wife, Beth, started to work in Romulus, Michigan. And I'm, I'm going slow because I'm not sure how much of this I'm supposed to say. He told me some of this stuff doesn't need to be said because it could get him in trouble. But they, they started, and here about four years ago, they were running a good 150, doing a good work. I've been there. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a bad part of, of Detroit area. Dangerous part. But they got good Coney Islands. If you know what a Coney Islands, go to Detroit, Michigan, go to Greek Town, get your Coney Island. But, And something began to click in that church. I was there about a year and a half ago. And there were some four or five hundred people crammed into this building. When just about three years before there was about 150. Now they don't all look just, just Puritan apostolic. But they'll come. But he had a lady in this church. And, and, and I know art well enough that I know what I'm saying is true about the man. He, uh, he launched. He launched to start in the church. He launched in starting this and starting that and doing things. And this lady's church had a sister that worked at the UN building in New York. And this sister at the UN building had a disease. And I can't recall whether he went there or the sister came. I believe the sister came to Romulus and God healed her. And she reported back to her sister, reported back to the pastor, God has healed me. He's healed me. He then, she then got baptized in Jesus' name, received the gift of the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> I'm choosing my words very careful here. Holy Ghost radio's on. The sister worked for one of the high, high ups in the UN. He didn't just take shots, he called shots. How am I doing, sis? I'm asking my words good enough. And he had an audience with this shot caller. And he began to launch some things. They gave him a room. This lady got a room for him. Come and teach at the UN building. A Jesus name, tongue talking, holy apostolic person. Preacher, pastor. I'm getting goosebumps and I'm sweating like a dog. <laughs> so he goes. He's expecting, you know, a handful of spattering of people. He gets there. The room was jam-packed with people, 80 to 100 people. And he begins to teach this apostolic doctrine. They then set him up a baptistry in the UN building. He then got an audience for Brother Lee Stone King to speak to the whole general council or whatever. Brother Stone King had just like two or three minutes, six minutes, whatever it was, in just a few snippets of time. He gave them the plan of salvation. He gave them what the apostolic movement is about as quick as he could in just a short snippet of time. And it was powerful. Folks, I'm telling you, if we'll launch out in our cities. Help me, Holy Ghost, right now. Notice the deep waters weren't flowing into the church. Into the building. I better say it that way. I believe the deeper waters, if you read that closely, they were ankle deep at the building. And then you went out a thousand and they were knee deep. Then you went another thousand and they were long. Then you went another thousand. The deeper out there we get, folks, uh, that's what we're going to see. Not the mundane, not the normal, not the ten, two, and four. How many pastors we got here? Would you raise your right hand? Raise either hand if you're not sure which one's the right. 
Would you look at your right hand? Hold it up high now. The Bible says by the hands of the apostles, God wrought great and mighty miracles. If I can say it this way, brethren, and not get myself in too much disfellowship trouble. God doesn't do it. He takes your hand. He said, I want you to, God doesn't necessarily direct your hand. You direct your hand. But because you're his and because he's anointed you and it's not leaving, the anointing doesn't come and go. It's resident. The power doesn't come and go. It's there. It's yours. It's a gift. Not like a birthday gift or a Christmas gift. It's an anointing. It's giftedness. It's empowerment. I'm going to say it simple. There's healing in our apostolic hands. These signs shall follow the disciples, the early church, the bishops. No, them that believe. Men, men, would you sit down, please, for just a moment? Men, ladies, would you stand? All ladies, would you stand? This has been in me for a long time. And I just, wasn't just waiting for a place to finally spit it out. Church I pastor, they get spit on all the time, if that's the case. Just like your church does, you know. But I brought an older gentleman into my, in our congregation. Never met the man back in January. I was going to go there. He's cracked something open in our church. It's just incredible. And I don't want it to stop because I see what it's producing. Sister right here in the rust-colored dress. I guess is that rust or is that orange? Are you a believer? You're a believer. Jesus said, signs shall follow you. Is that your husband next to you? Preacher, pastor? Are you a believer, sir? You're not lying to me? You're telling the truth. You're not just preaching. You're telling the truth. Good deal. Sister, would you look at your hands? There's some miracles inside those hands. Please, please, I know, I know latter rain movement, neo-Pentecost, pseudo-apostolic. I, I understand They stole our revival. I could call some names, but I don't want to. Some of them, you know the names. We've all wagged our tongue at them. They stole our revival. And I believe with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength, God wants to restore what they stole from us. Well, you know, sister so-and-so, she's a little out of whack. She's a little off base. She's a little out of key. She's a little... Hey, folks, there's over 1,000 major religious bodies in, in, in America. Are they all baptizing in Jesus' name? Well, then why would you stop baptizing right because they're baptizing wrong? So why would you stop operating in the gifts of the Spirit because somebody does it wrong? Why would you stop calling forth things that are not as though they were just because somebody else was a quack? I'm not going to stop doing right because somebody over here is a wacko and is doing it wrong. Sister, if you're a believer, I think you missed up bad. Get your hand on somebody's head and pray healing into their body. Pray deliverance into their body. Hear me today. When you lay hands on somebody, if I lay hands on Brother Godier right now, here's my human shallow water uh, uh, dilemma. And here's what I want to do. I want to lay hands down here because I don't want him to think that I'm taking authority. Well, when I'm laying hands on him, I'm not taking authority over Brother Johnny Godier. I'm taking authority over the sickness that's in his body. 
the devil wants you to lay hands down. Oh, that's just touching. But I'm commanding in the name of Jesus Christ for your body to be healed. Woo! Come on, sister. If you're a believer, start acting like it. Boy, I just opened a can of worms tonight. Folks, either we're apostolic or we're not. It's time to get out of our colloquialism and denominationalism. All right, I gotta, my time's way passed up. There's a, there's a home missionary sitting right here that needs healing today, right here. Home missionary's wife, somewhere in the building. Pain, sickness, disease. Don't be afraid. Where you at? No, I'm not calling somebody out. I don't care what your driver's license is or your car plate. Folks, you're not going to convince the Muslims. Without the miraculous power of Jesus' name being demonstrated through you. Stand with me. Men, would you stand with me? Would you lift your hands and lift your voice? I believe the Lord Jesus Christ and, 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 and don't misunderstand me I'm going to qualify right here. I said I wasn't going to do that today. And you don't know me from sick of most of you. Some of you that do know me wish you didn't probably. That's all right. Several times a day I wish I didn't know me. But every time I leave I find myself. I believe the Lord wants his people I know you got to pay the bills. I, I understand that. I, I understand that. That's my qualification. I understand there's, there's normal. You got to put gas in the car. You got to pay the bills. I understand that. But I, I look at the early church in the book of Acts and the epistles that are written, and I, I see a church that just continuously lived and operated in the supernatural. It's like we put the Holy Ghost on. We take it off when we're through. We put the Holy Ghost on when we sing. Or we dog it one, and we take it back off when we're through singing. What if, what if, what if you walk in that bank Monday, and there's a glow about you, brother Strain, that that teller says she begins to weep and to cry. But we go in so guarded, and we go in so insulated and isolated, and we're afraid the world is going to touch us. Friend, if the world touches you, that germ will die. Just like he did the early believers. And he said, and they went forth and preached everywhere. They launched. Everybody say, they launched. My question is, will we launch? But they went forth and preached everywhere. Which means they were preaching all the time. Not in a pulpit like this. And the Lord working with them. We've got to turn this around, Brother Tiller. Would you be the Lord? Come here and help me just a minute. I don't mean to embarrass you, sir. I love you too much. Just slap me if I get to embarrass you. But we want to work with the Lord. Okay, Lord. And, and, and we should. Everybody say we should. But can I say it this way? Just, just follow me. I want, I want to get out here. And, and I want to preach the gospel. I want to teach home Bible study. I want to bust, want to bust, bust her out. And I want to walk into a hospital room and say, I believe God will heal you. I hear the Lord in my ear say, Amen, son. Yeah. So I'm going to lay hands on you when I do. Woo! 
the Lord's going to come in this room. And so I just begin to speak faith and I just lay hands on him and take authority over his sickness. And the Lord does the miracle, but the Lord working with them, that's the apostolic way. But we got to get off of ourselves. Oh, I know there's going to be some men, and there have been. They have shipwrecked because they were showboating. Showboats always become shipwrecks. But we're amongst the fellowship of men that aren't showboats. They're not interested in the show. They're interested in the divine design. Will you launch? Or will you stagnate where you are? Will you launch out into the deep after this day? Or will you become boringly content with the explainable? Well, I can tell you why we're not having revival. I can tell you why we're not having signs. I can tell you why we're not. No, that's so explainable. Will you launch out in the deep for the greater results? Or will you just be content trying to explain away those of us who have been lured by the infinite out into the deep extremes of the Almighty. I make this statement, it almost sounds foolish. If the Lord doesn't know where He's going, and if the Lord doesn't know what He's doing, we're all in for a peck of trouble. I just have to believe, brethren, sisters, that my God's a whole lot bigger than what I've seen already, than what I've handled already. I want something so big that none of us can control. And I don't think we're in for control here. Something big.